Hi, welcome to another episode of Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am your host, Kim, and I'm so excited that you have decided to tune in and listen. If this is your very first episode, welcome. If you are part of the community here, welcome back. I appreciate each and every one of you for taking out the time to listen. Last week, I had the opportunity to sit down and chat with Jaleesa about good touch, bad touch. She actually had an incident where someone touched her son improperly and she felt compelled to share this message with our community so that we could have this conversation. And it's so important that we begin to have the conversations about sex and how they should be touched with our kids as early as they begin to talk. And you'll find out why if you go back and catch that episode. It was really good. If you have not taken out the time to leave a review, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Please pause this and take a moment to do so. I would greatly appreciate it. Whenever you leave a review, it helps other single moms to find the podcast because the more reviews we have, um, the higher the ranking of the podcast is. So again, I appreciate it. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, you can drop a comment after each episode to let us know what you thought about it. And as always, you can definitely reach out to me via Instagram at Single Black Motherhood and let me know what you thought about it as well. All right, this week I have the opportunity to sit down and chat with Tiara, who is a single mom doula. I guess I should have said she's a doula, but she's a single mom (laughs) because she doesn't just work with single moms, but she just so happens to be a single mom. So I thought that was super cool because whenever I was pregnant, there wasn't a whole lot of talk around doulas. I just happened to um, stumble upon the word when I was reading the natural childbirth books and thought that I would go on a search to see if I could find one. So I had my daughter in 2013 and back then in Mississippi there are only two or three doulas and I was living in Jackson at the time which was the capital so there happened to be one who was in training and she had a sliding scale at the time so I was able to afford it as a college student because yes, I was pregnant in college. But anyways, I just think doulas are so beneficial. So whether you are pregnant or considering a child in the future, I definitely think that you should consider a doula. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. Hi, Tiara. Welcome to Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I'm so excited to have you on today. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm great. I'm so excited to just be on and to just chat with you today. Awesome. Can you take some time to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, my name is Tiara. I I say that I've been a single mom for a long time. (laughs) Um, I think it's been about seven years now um, okay. that I've been a single mom. I have an 11-year-old daughter and 
seven-year-old twins, a boy and a girl. And um, I'm also a doula <laughs> and own my own business called Crown and Cradle. And um, I'm based in the D.C., Maryland area. That's about it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Can you take a little time to tell us about your business, Crown and Cradle, and how you kind of got started? Like, what was that inspiration for you to just, you know, say, I want to become a doula? Because it's not every day that yes. people wake up and say that. I feel like you really have to be passionate about that type of work. Yes, you have to. And I really think that just the experience of me giving birth to my twins really kind of shaped that hunger in me to want to give support to other mothers and other families. Um, I had a pretty bad experience giving birth to my twins, um, just over hospital staff and not really knowing how to navigate all the hoops that we sometimes have to go through with trying to figure out what's the best choices, you know, during pregnancy and during labor and delivery. So I think from that experience, I did kind of suffer a little bit of emotional trauma. And I think on my way to healing from that experience, that's when I started looking into what exactly a doula was. And I was like, hey, I feel like this is me. Like, I've always had an interest in, you know, pregnancy and birth, even from the time I was young. And at the time, I had already um, been in a program to become a nurse. So it kind of felt like that would be something that has to do with the medical field, um, but also a way for me to kind of give back um, to serve other families and kind of just felt like the doula um, was like the perfect fit for me. You said that that kind of influenced your decision because you would see people or was it just solely your birth that kind of made you go, well, I need to be a support system for these women who may be experiencing some of the things that I went through. Right. It was just solely my birth experience. Like I got my nursing license just so I could be able to course have like a stable career to provide for me and my kids so I really didn't know what exactly I wanted you know what I mean to do with that or what exactly my interest was until I kind of found out about doulas and then I was like okay well that kind of makes sense and it's kind of the best of both worlds like I have the medical knowledge but then I also have that emotional connection um you know with my clients just from my birth experience that I had right right so now your company crown and cradle do you have any other doulas that work under you or beside you or is it solely just you and you're the only one that assists these ladies that are pregnant right now it's solely me um I had thought about adding some additional doulas to staff um, but I just kind of feel like for right now, I would rather just take the number of clients that I can take per month and anybody who I can't take, I'll refer them to other calls that, you know, I know and love. I find usually when people contact me, they kind of just want me. So I do have like a backup doula if for whatever reason I can't make it to a birth or if I have a family emergency. But um, I try to keep my doula clients solely to me if I can take them. And if not, I'll refer them out to other um, doula agencies. 
Oh, cool. So I also know that your primary um, target, I guess, initially when you started was to kind of help millennial families. So again, was that kind of the same sort of thing? Like just because of your experience, you wanted to really cater to a millennial families or was there like another reason why you, you decided like, hey, these millennials really need assistance and support? Um, I think that, that I, I always wanted to, I wanted my ideal client to be me. So, you know, I am a millennial. I am, you know, a woman of color. So I kind of just, even when I went to, you know, branding and trying to create my website and trying to, um, you know, formulate my packaging and stuff like that, I always try to speak to myself and what I would like to see or what services I would like to get and I've just you know been lucky to kind of tap into that market um, because a lot of millennial moms are just finding out about doulas and are interested in finding out more about how doulas can work for them and um, I've enjoyed being able to educate different families on what doulas can look like a lot of people say, I don't look like your typical, you know, quote, quote, <laughs> doula. Um, so I've, I've enjoyed kind of reinventing, you know, what a doula looks like and how that can work for any type of family and any type of mother to be. Tierra, I like that you said that a lot of moms don't really have any knowledge of what a doula actually is. So I want to talk about that um, for a few minutes and Mm -hmm. we can take the time to kind of educate the listeners on what a doula actually is so can you start off by just talking about what a doula is and the purpose of the doula sure yes this is a question that I get (laughs) a lot of times (laughs) um I first want to say that a doula does not deliver your baby okay I always tell my clients like I'm I'm skilled to deliver your baby, but it's not, you're not hiring me to deliver your baby. That's what a midwife is for or a physician is for. Doulas do not deliver your baby. Um, The root word doula, it actually means servant. And so I, you know, tell my clients, like, my job is to serve you. Um, If you have a partner, your partner and whoever your support system is, my job is to serve you guys and to literally team up to come up with a plan um, for how you would like your birth to go and to educate you and to advocate for you and support you during labor, delivery, and postpartum. So what that usually looks like is someone will hire me um, just depending on I've had some people hire me as soon as they get a positive result on a pregnancy test. I've had some people hire me later on in their pregnancy. So it kind of varies on, um, you know, what type of support, you know, a family will get. But generally, you know, I meet with you if you need help selecting a midwife or physician that lines up with the values and the things you want for your birth. I assist you with that. Um, I usually meet with my clients about three to four times 
during the pregnancy and we go over birth plans and different comfort measures as far as, you know, relaxation techniques during labor. If you do have a partner, I help your partner and, you know, because it's kind of awkward to have another person <laughs> with you, you know. Yes. Case, so I kind of help the partner know, um, you know, how he or she will play a role in the birth and kind of just come up with a game plan. And of course, once you're actually in labor, I'm there to physically support you and your family um, in whichever ways you need support. And um, of course, I'm there for the birth. Usually stay a few hours after birth just to make sure, you know, you're recovering well and, um, you know, baby and everybody is doing well. And then um, I usually do a visit after baby is born just to kind of follow up. And I always screen for, you know, any signs of postpartum depression. And then I usually kind of wrap up services after that. Okay, sweet. So what if they actually wanted a postpartum doula? Do you provide those services as well? I do provide um, those services. I actually have been preferring to do postpartum services lately. (laughs) Um, Just because I really just enjoy just seeing especially my single moms, just kind of seeing them um, gaining confidence in their role of, you know, parenting and, you know, being there to be a support and and not having them feel like they are alone in the process because it can be so scary. You know, you have the nurses in the hospital, but then once you come home, it's like, what do I do with this child? Right. (laughs) Lord, I remember like it was yesterday. Yes. (gasps) You're just like, what, what, what do I do? It was like the most challenging (laughs) thing I feel like I've ever done in life. I think it was more challenging than the birth itself. Like I was not ready. (laughs) Exactly. So I've kind of found that part um, being a little bit more rewarding, especially with, you know, my single moms, because you really get to, I don't know. I just love seeing their confidence, you know, growing you know, me leaving and they're like, oh, I actually can do this. Like, yes, yeah, you can, you can do this. <laughs> you can do this. Um, but I do offer postpartum um, services and, you know, they have the option of me coming as soon as they come home from the hospital or if they prefer to, you know, get settled for a few days or a week or two, whenever they decide they want to start those services. I'm there. Sometimes it's during the daytime hours and sometimes it's overnight. Okay. And when you actually, you go over to the mom's house, what do you guys actually do postpartum? And I know I didn't experience that. So I'm really curious to know, (laughs) like I didn't have (laughs) anyone postpartum. So I'm super interested to know. Um, Do you kind of like just talk with them? Because I know in the beginning, you know, you're talking about exercise, like you said, you're developing your birth plan and you know, mm-hmm. hospital procedures and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about what happens um, after, you know, they've had the baby and now they're home and you're going over there. Walk us through that process. Well, I always say, and a lot of postpartum doulas have a saying is that we're basically going there to work ourselves out of the job. So my job is to get you to a comfortable place that you feel like you can confidently do this by yourself you know what I mean like you feel like okay I have a handle on things and it honestly varies from day to day and from you know parent to parent 
some parents need more hands-on help with the baby. So that might be me allowing moms to rest and I'm, you know, preparing a meal or doing baby's laundry or soothing the baby or assisting her with feeding or, you know, preparing bottles, washing bottles. I've found for some single moms who have older children, sometimes I have to put the hat on as, I don't want to say babysitter, but babysitter, you know, I'm, you know, trying to entertain, you know, the little one while mom is, you know, tending to the baby. And honestly, a lot of times I find myself, sometimes moms just need somebody to talk to and, you know, just having someone to sit on the couch with you and just talk or just listening, (laughs) listening to, you know, what you're going through or or what you know emotions you're dealing with with this you know transition it just varies from day to day but I'm there you know what I mean I'm usually there for I try to break it up into four hour shifts sometimes I say eight but I try to keep it at four um but it just depends on what mom needs that day or what the family needs that day you know again like it's just me basically trying to give the tools so that once I do leave and my services our uh, mom is not going back to feeling like, okay, now I don't, Tierra's gone. Now I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. What yeah, to do. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we talk about, you know, if they're breastfeeding, we talk about pumping schedules. I'm really not too big on, you know, putting newborns on any type of sleeping schedule, but, you know, we talk about ways that mom can be able to get rest during the day and night. And just kind of come up with a system, again, to get everyone acclimated to this new family member being in the house, because it's definitely a transition. <laughs> definitely, okay? Like, you don't yes. even know. I, there is no <laughs> blueprint for how to deal with a newborn. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone is different. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely having that support, I'm sure it's priceless. Yeah. So, Tierra, when a mom is going to actually choose a doula, what are some tips that you would recommend um, them to follow whenever they're trying to, you know, search for one, um, decide who's best, and all of that? I would say the first thing to do is to always ask your circle, um, your immediate circle of friends, family, you'll be surprised who people may know. Doulas aren't really, you know, talked about too much, but you'll be surprised um, just maybe the referrals you'll get. Um, one good resource is Doula Match. I believe it's .com or .net. I'm not sure which one, but Doula Match is an awesome resource for finding a doula. You can just put in, I believe, your zip code and It'll bring up a list of doulas who are close to the area that you live in. That's a good place to start. Um, once you kind of have a list, you can reach out to, you know, the doulas that just based off of their profiles, you may, you know, want to talk to or meet with. And then following that, Google is your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> There's like a million websites that um, have specific questions that, you know, you should ask your doula or your potential doula um, during the interview process. So, you know, get a few questions, but you also want the doula to, you know, have some questions for you as well. That's important. 
And the most important thing is to make sure that the doula that you hire and you seem like you guys will have a good relationship. So I always say, if this is not somebody who you don't think that you would, you know, hang out with and have drinks with, if you weren't pregnant, they may not be the best fit for you. Mm, um, only because good. that process is so intimate. Like this person <laughs> is going to be, you know, so close to you and your family. So you really want to make sure you have someone that, you know, you'll vibe with and that you'll feel safe with. And I tell all my, you know, potential clients that I speak with, you know, make sure that, you know, you're talking and you're interviewing a few doulas. You don't want to just talk to one person. You want to really interview a few doulas and decide. And, you know, there's been people who have gone with other doulas. You know, they interview with me and have gone with other doulas. I've even had, you know, clients who you know, initially, you know, start working with me and then say, hey, Tira, I don't know if this is really a good fit. And like, to me, I always am so grateful for their honesty, because again, as a doula, I want to work with someone who trusts me and, and, you know, feels confident in me. And I want them to feel the same for me. So definitely explore all your options. And also, if, you know, you feel like even after you and if you feel like it may not be a good fit you know just like in a relationship look start looking for somebody else you know and you want that right person because it's such an intimate experience it's the birth of your child so you want the right person in that space awesome yeah I definitely think that um like you said you should take the time to figure out if that person is a good fit because you don't want to like be about to have the baby and then you decide oh like I I don't think this is gonna work you know right (laughs) oh my gosh that would be like the absolute worst yes can you imagine the stress um, one thing I I don't think we talked about was actually communicating with the doula because I I think that it's important to have that Mm -hmm. person that you can vibe with and connect with because if you don't then you're not gonna feel comfortable um, telling her everything and being honest and upfront and really expressing how you feel, you know, so that could be a problem right. within itself. And then you begin to feel bad because, well, I've already hired her, you know, I've paid her or what have you. And now you're not comfortable, but she doesn't know that. Right. Right. Communication is, is key. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's key. Another thing I wanted to talk about is the actual cost so Mm -hmm. I'm sure people are wondering like how do most doulas set their prices so do you build packages or is it um an as-needed basis like how does that work I know back you know five years ago whenever I had one (laughs) um the doula that that I had she was just starting so she actually had Mm -hmm. um like a sliding scale I can't remember exactly how she did it but I do know that she had a sliding scale and I'm thinking that she had different packages, but kind of talk about what it's like now and how they can figure out, you know, what's affordable for them. Right. So I would say just like with any, you know, market of services, the the prices range, you know what I mean? From, I know doulas who do births for free and I know doulas who 
do birth naps for free for, you know, a, a pretty good amount. So I think it just, it depends. I know because I live in the um, D.C. area, doulas generally can be um, a little more pricey just because of, you know, the cost of living here. But I would also say that if you really want a doula, you definitely need to take advantage and consider some of the doulas who are just starting out and who are building their, you know, brand and their business. I personally feel like any mother who wants a doula should be able to get one. And so the way I kind of structured things is that I do have set prices and I do have, you know, packages that I offer to my clients. But I also let my clients know that, you know, I am also open to bartering and I do have sliding scale prices. And something um, that I also try to do is if I don't have a birth scheduled for a certain month and somebody contacts me, if they are a teenage parent, I don't charge them anything for their oh, birth. That is um, so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Because I was a teen mom, so, you know, I definitely, just the fact that a teenage mom would reach out to me wanting a doula and understanding the importance of having a doula, like, I feel like that's a gift to me in itself, you know what I mean? So, like, I don't charge, um, you know, any teenage parents if I have availability in my schedule for their birth. So, and again, it doesn't hurt to ask. I think a lot of people kind of feel like oh it's going to be so much for me to have a doula that's going to be an added expense you know and I already am you know short on money trying to prepare for this baby um but I'm trying to let you know that a doula is a priceless thing to have I wish I had it listen (laughs) it is so priceless (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had a doula and I tell you know get creative like you know you want to have you know baby showers and stuff like that you can always ask people to contribute um you know to pay for doula services you can always put that on a baby registry um some people are able to use if they have like a health savings account they're able to use that to pay for doula services um so you know I always say it doesn't hurt to ask most doulas do this because this is their passion and not necessarily for the money so I'm sure if you really want a doula and if you are up front <laughs> and communicate you know and, and let them you know honestly know like hey you know I really want a doula doula I love what you know you're offering me but I'm just you know being honest I don't know if I can afford it I'm 99% sure that you know doula will be able to work out something with you so don't you know ever let finances be a reason why you feel like you can't have a doula I feel like every person who desires a doula should be able to have one they just need to be you know educated on how they can get creative in actually obtaining one yes I think that is very important I'm glad you mentioned that they shouldn't feel like they can't afford one because I think a lot of time that's the problem like they hear doula and they don't even try to really figure out like well mm-hmm. is it something I can afford or um how does it actually work and all of that so 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree with you on the fact that just shoot your shot, you know, ask them if yeah. you can afford it. And if they tell you no, I'm sure there may be someone else in the area that may be willing to work mm-hmm. with you. Um, like I said, yeah. like I grew up in Mississippi. And so back then, five years ago, again, I looked up doulas and there were only two in the whole state and they were happened to yeah. be in Jackson where I was living. So um, <laughs> that was a really <laughs> crazy. So I'm just like I was telling you before we got on, you know, like I'm so excited that we are having these conversations now where we're actually right. talking about it because I think that's so important, especially for those young moms like I was um you know talking to some moms a a couple weeks ago and they were in their early 20s and so I remember how it was to be in college pregnant not really having any support especially nearby you know in the beginning like I didn't have a doula because I was in denial for a really long time so it wasn't up until about month six that I actually was like, okay, like you're pregnant, you know, you can't do anything about it at this point. So you have to do what you can for this child. And that's when I believe I started to really like research doulas and start to buy all these books about, you know, like parenting, right? (laughs) um, having a baby and all that stuff, learn about breastfeeding. So yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about a birth plan. So that is something we don't talk about either. So what does that actually look like? Why should they actually have a birth plan? Um, You know, some moms want to have it at a birth center, want to have the baby at a birth center, and then Mm -hmm. some moms want to actually have a hospital birth. And I know, again, going back to where I grew up, we didn't even have any birth centers. So (laughs) So the hospital was the only option. And I will say that the hospital was very restricted. Like all of the positions Mm -hmm. and stuff I read about in the books and the stuff that, you know, I talked about with um, my doula, I couldn't do half of those things. It's like once you like started contractions and all, they went ahead and hooked you up to an IV and you were basically stuck in the bed. I'm like, well, can I get up and, you know, walk a little bit or or no, like it's terrible, actually. (laughs) Like you don't have a lot of like flexibility at all. And I think that's the great thing about having a birth plan and if possible coming up with one, you know, as early as possible during your pregnancy because it opens up that room for conversation before you even actually get into the labor room. You know, we, um, I mean, you've had a baby. Like once you're in labor, you don't have time to think about what you want or what you don't want all you know is that you want this baby out and you want the pain (laughs) to stop like that that's all you know and I found that I know from my own experience you know with my first child afterwards you know after everything comes down the emotions come down and you really have time to process you know just your your birth you kind of say oh I wish I wouldn't did that or oh I wish you know if I would have known that I wouldn't have did that you know so I feel like we need birth plans to number one start conversations with our providers um usually presenting your birth plan to your midwife or um your OB is that first kind of inkling that you kind of know if hmm, maybe this maybe me, me and this person aren't on the same page as far as um, the things that I hold important 
you know, in my birth, because, you know, I always tell my clients, you know, let's come up with your birth plan. You go take this to your provider and, you know, talk to them about these things and ask them, are these things that um, they are open to? You know what I mean? And sometimes the provider is like, hmm, I'm open to it. And then sometimes the provider is like, absolutely not. So then the ball is kind of in your hand, like, okay, Do you this want person to is telling me, <laughs> Yeah, ahead of time that I may not get these things. So are these things that important to me that I am thinking about, you know, switching to another provider or are these things that may not be so important to me? So I think it's a great tool for just, you know, conversation. And also I find that it really helps you to, it makes the birth more real, you know what I mean? Because when you're pregnant, like, you're you're just focused on carrying this baby, you know, and feeling the baby move. But I feel like that birth plan is kind of like your first official parenting job, you know what I mean? Like, you're actually planning um, for how you want, you know, your child to come into the world. And again, you know, I don't want anybody to think, oh, if you haven't had a baby, you know, oh, I'm going to type up this birth plan and this is how my birth is going to go. And if it doesn't go this way, I'm going to have the worst birth experience ever. No, it's just a template of some things that, you know, you wish to happen, some things that you would, you know, prefer to happen during your labor and delivery. And um, if you have the good staff and if you have a good provider, they'll do everything in their power to make sure you get you know, the majority of your wishes respected. And then my job as a doula is to kind of advocate for you to inform you on, you know, what things are more realistic as far as what things you can expect. Hey, they might be open to this, but no, I've worked at this hospital. They're not going to be open, you know, open to this. And then once you're actually in labor and delivery, like my job is to kind of not only you know, let staff know about your birth plan, but remind you of your birth plan. Because again, once you're in labor, you're not thinking about any of this stuff. Right? (laughs) You're thinking about getting the baby out. So my job is like, no, hey, Kim, I know you're hurting right now, but, you know, remember, you know, your birth plan, remember you said that you really were going to try to go, um, you know, without an epidural. So, you know, we have it on your birth plan. You know, if you're feeling like the pain is just too much, you know, I'll go get the nurse. Just, you know, remember your birth plan and what you really wanted. So my job is to kind of keep you focused on, you know, your initial wishes. But, of course, if you're ready for the epidural, I'm going to tell the nurse she's ready for for the epidural. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I'm so thankful that my doula was there because, like, my family was not um right <laughs> supportive about that okay they were like mm-hmm. <laughs> when those pain no it was actually my grandma and you know she's like really old school and even though back then they didn't even have epidural well I think she said she was able to get one for her very last child but okay. um for her other kids you know they were all natural probably had them at the house and mm-hmm. she didn't have an epidural so she told me that I was not going to be able to do it and that if those pains hit me like they hit her, I was going to be hollering for an epidural. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And my roommate at the time, she was like, (laughs) whenever the, um, we were at the hospital and they were like, 
this is your last chance to get your epidural because I think I was like nine centimeters dilated or something and she was Mm. like girl you better get that because (laughs) (laughs) this is your last chance they said and I was like no I said I was not doing it I'm not doing it and finally my doula got there because she got there a little later because I think I arrived at the hospital around midnight so um she got there like just in time like I think I was just about to get ready to push and she walked through the door I was like thank you God because I don't know how I was gonna do it with them I just don't even right (laughs) but she was there and she was helping me out with breathing techniques and she was like remember you know this is what you wanted you're doing really well um, just breathe, mm-hmm. you know, deep breaths, and she was just real. I mean, she was like my coach, you know, throughout the whole right. birth. And so my roommate was able to go and sit down. Thank God, because I yes. did not deal with her. <laughs> yes, it was yes. a mess. But... I always tell people like, this, you think like, oh, you think you want your best friend there? You think you want your mama there?" But no, you know, it's like. If they are not supportive, yeah, (laughs) they don't understand the vision. Like, please have several seats. Yeah, sit down, mama. (laughs) Just sit. (laughs) Yes, but I just really wanted to touch on that because I, again, I think it's so important to um, have that birth plan so that you know, like you said, before you even get there to the hospital to um, have the baby, you have all of that planned out. And then you're also able to kind of like educate the moms on the hospital, you know, policies and procedures, what they can and can't do and all that. So they're aware of all of that before they even right. get there. And I think that's right. very important because a lot of times people just go to the hospital and they don't want to even have any kind of knowledge yeah and so yeah. if you don't have that support then they can treat you any kind of way and they'll do whatever they can do anything they can do anything because you don't know so right like you never yeah. you know you never had a baby before especially if it's your first one you don't right know, you expect the name you don't have anybody else that does you know they're just telling you to get, get the epidural and do whatever the nurses say so it's like yeah lord absolutely so, <laughs> Anyway, so just sum this up, I really believe that, you know, the work that you do and other doulas is priceless. So continue to, you know, do what you're doing. I really appreciate people like you. And thanks again for coming on. Is there anything else you would like to leave the moms with? Like maybe if um, you had some sort of advice that you wish was given to you maybe you could give it to them um, if they're pregnant and a single mom or just any moms in general. Yeah, I would just say education is key. You know, we hear so many things from so many different people. Everybody has an opinion, you know, on our lives. And especially when you're pregnant, everybody's telling you about their experience or what happened to them. Like, education is key. Education is key, really. You know, any not just with doulas, but with anything regarding you becoming a parent like educate yourself as much as possible and you know keep yourself just open to remember like this is a a new journey and it's pretty much you get to write the book so you get to basically start the book of your child's life so make sure that you're educated and that the decisions that you make are the decisions that you make (laughs) and nobody else you know influence you know has any influence and I also wanted to say like 
if anyone, you know, had any questions about, you know, doulas or if anybody wanted information about becoming a doula, feel free to reach out to me um, if you're having difficulties trying to find a doula in your area. Uh, I can do my best to kind of check around, you know, the network and kind of see if there's anyone um, available to you all. And again, just be educated. You know, the mortality rate for mothers in the U.S. is really high. Um, so I always tell moms, like, you know, you're your best advocate. So try to stay as educated as possible about, you know, what's normal during birth, what's not normal. And, you know, just take care of yourself. Take care of your babies. Don't think because you're a single mom. I mean, we know that it's harder, a little bit harder <laughs> than, you know, people who Yes, yeah, a whole lot harder. <laughs> <laughs> but don't think that it's impossible or don't think that, you know, you can, you know, that you'll crumble because, you know, I struggle every day, but I'm, you know, surviving, him surviving, like, you can do it. The yeah, main thing is just being educated it. and, you know, forgiving yourself and every day just rocking it out that's what I say single moms are the strongest <laughs> women ever so just you know keep rocking it out thank you for having me Kim like this is an awesome resource um, you are welcome for moms awesome thank you so much and I have to say this because <laughs> it's like you made a very good point about not listening to anyone else and what they've been through because like I mentioned earlier with my grandma you know how long has it been since she's had a kid you know, right she's 70 something <laughs> years old and she's trying to tell me about having a child and technology has changed drastically yeah I mean, we're actually yeah. in the technology <laughs> age you know they didn't even have half the things that we have yeah. now and so just be careful y'all who you allowed to give you advice and don't feel like you have to explain anything to anybody that's why I'm like it's so good to have mm -hmm. a doula because you don't really have to discuss it with your family you know you can just talk to you yep. she knows what yep. you want and mm -hmm. that's it basically <laughs> absolutely absolutely so, um, Tierra, let everybody know where they can find you. Um, if you have any social media accounts, um, if they can follow you, I'll link all of the information that you give in the show notes okay. so they can um, be directed right right there. Okay. Um, my website is www.crowndandthewordandcradle.com. And my Instagram is birth, B-I-R-T-H-C-E-O. Um, and come follow me on Instagram. Um, I have funny Insta stories, so come, <laughs> come follow me. Um, and Facebook is Crown and Cradle also. So feel free to find me on, you know, any of those sites. Or if you can't remember any social media, um, you know, sites, Kim contacted me through my contact form on my website so feel free to send me a message from there and I try to always respond timely <laughs> sweet thanks again Tierra. I really enjoyed enjoyed chatting with you this was awesome no problem thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share with your audience and you know exposing more people to what doulas are <laughs> yeah absolutely and ladies if you are in the dmv area definitely hit tiara up 
Yes, I would love to chat with you all. Even if you don't need a doula, if you just want to share your birth experience, like I just love talking to moms. So feel free to hit me up anytime. Awesome. All right. I hope that you found this episode helpful. If you did, please take out a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're listening on SoundCloud, you can simply drop a comment under the episode. Or as always, you can shoot me a DM on Instagram. I know that Tiara dropped so many tips. So my hope is that you have a better understanding of what a doula is and why it's beneficial. You can connect with me over on Instagram at Single Black Motherhood, Facebook at Single Black Motherhood, Facebook Single Black Motherhood, and you can check out the website www.singleblackmotherhood.com. I am committed to uploading more blog posts, so y'all be on the lookout for that if you're interested. I did a blog post on the breakdown of my solo trip to Columbia, so you should definitely check that out if you're interested in traveling or traveling solo. I encourage everyone to travel solo if you have never done it before. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. And until next week, talk to you guys later. Bye.